Hello, this is Miles Richardson, and you're listening to The Sirens of Audio. Voices? You didn't say anything about voices. G'day audiophiles, this is the Sirens of Audio, the podcast that explores the universe of Doctor Who and the audio medium. My name is Dwayne. And my name is Philip. G'day audiophiles, g'day Dwayne, how are you going? Philip, I'm well, what about yourself? Yes, doing good, thank you. Nice how you been? What have you been? What have you been doing this week? What have you been listening to? This is not a recommendation, I'm just <laughs> curious. You sound like you've been doing lots of walking and lots of listening so you've been doing a bit of catch-up have you i've been doing a bit of catch-up and so um this is the third doctor box set and this is the river song box set and i've just started on the audiobook that linked with the clone masters so yeah trying to get a bit of listening done i've also listened to a few oh pod- that's that's an interesting one because that's read by glennis barber isn't it it is read by glennis barber so yeah she's she's had a few big finish engagements over the years and yeah, I just do you know what the deal is behind the Sulin characters, or is it just a whole series four thing that the Big Finish can't get the rights to? So Big Finish only has the rights to whatever Terence Terry Nation created. So they've only got rights to his characters and his creations. So who Any, created Sulin? Well, there was four, the four seasons. He had nothing to do with. Right. So so there's nothing for the four seasons to be used. So Scorpio can't be used. Slave can't be used. Um, none of those things. There's also so individual shows. Um, Early in the first three seasons, if there's specific characters that weren't Terry Nation shows, but not by him, they haven't got the automatic rights to that either. So it's, it's a special deal they've done with Terry, the Terry Nation estate. Okay. So yeah, which, which is you know, of is the whole first three seasons, but because he had nothing to do after Terminal, um, anything that happened after that isn't isn't part of his estate. Okay. And they've not been able to get. Yeah, that's all owned by a different um, licensee. Yeah, I've got that. Uh, audio book but I haven't give, I haven't started it yet because I'm still at the stage where I need to do a bit of catch up myself so listening to some other things first but we've got a great episode lined up today we're going to be chatting with Sean Carlson a bit later on in the episode that's very exciting because I know that your number one spin-off from Big Finish is the Gallifrey range yes depending on what day you catch me it is the Gallifrey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do uh, I do I do lean other ways depending on what well, day you catch the me the day you wrote your little blurb on our website that must have been one of the Gallifrey it days must have been one of the Gallifrey <laughs> days I sorry there's so much stuff that Big Finish do that I just yeah I, I don't like ranking stuff particularly and um but yeah I, I, I adore the Gallifrey stuff particularly but yeah but I mean it's Benny stuff and there's so much spin-off stuff they do that I just yeah survivors yeah you name it i love it yeah fantastic so it's going to be great to have a chat with with sean and and find out uh, about his big finish journey and some other things as well but before we do that philip guess what what Dwayne? it's a rabbit hole let's go <laughs> Okay, Philip, so here we are in the rabbit hole, and I've got some feedback that, well, it's a comment that was posted on our most recent episode with John Colshaw. If you haven't heard the John Colshaw episode or seen it on YouTube, do take a look. It is absolutely incredible. It was a real privilege to spend some time with him. But we have a a random comment that was left on there that I thought would be great for a rabbit hole topic, Philip. Okay. And this is from uh, one of our viewers called Ben Miller. So thanks for dropping that comment, Ben. Great to hear from you. He says, I have a question for you. If you're going to pair each Doctor from the revival era of Doctor Who with a companion from the classic era, era, shall I say, who will it be? Now, that's interesting to start with. But I'm also thinking, because we're talking mainly about audio, well, let's let's tweak that question a little bit. Let's, let's put a big Finnish companion with a new series Doctor. Uh, what do you, any, do you have any thoughts on that off the top of your head, Philip? 
So what, what are we we're doing? A big finish created big, companion. Big finish created companion. If they were to appear in the new TV series from Eccleston onwards, who would you pick and team up with? I would love to see Charlie with Matt Smith's Doctor. Right. I think the fact that she's actually um, she's quite down to earth, quite stable, quite sensible. He's quite uh, can be quite flighted all over the place. I think that there'd be an interesting contrast happening there. And um, I mean, he does love that sort of early. I mean, he's more Elizabeth, no, no, more um, Victorian era. He likes to go to. She's a bit more Edwardian. But yeah, you know, once again, a similar sort of time period. I think those two would be an interesting mix. What about you? Who who do you like to put together? Well, uh, rather than talk about series that have gone by, what about future series? Now, if we had a big finish companion to brought on to the future series, uh, we've had Paul McGann come into the new Doctor Who series and reference old companions. Well, what about, I think the most obvious choice for companion would be Liv Chanka, uh, because Nicola Walker, very active, very well-known face. And I think to to have Liv Chanka team paired up with a current or a future Doctor would be absolutely incredible. I think it would draw in more of a general audience too. Should be that Just that name alone would be a big pull. What do you think about that? Yeah, which is sort of a big actress to have. Um, yeah, there's so many good qualities there. I mean, we'd love to see... I mean, the same thing would apply to perhaps Lucy Miller, because Sheridan Smith is such a big name too. So to see her in the series uh, as a big name uh, would be quite incredible. Yeah. I... Lucy Miller, I don't know who, she, who she'd go up with, but, but I would also, since Big Finish does recast, I would also be very happy to see a recast of Evelyn. Now, I know that's probably, or how, how can you replace Maggie Stables, but I think you possibly could for television. I think it could, and it would be a nice link between the audios and the TV series. So I don't know what you think about that little theory. You're not a big one for recasting, I know, so you might no, hesitate but it, at that. It, it, in my head, I'm just playing around with, yeah, if we'd actually had Maggie Stables, who you'd put her with. Um, it was, it's interesting, I mean, you know... I, I'd put her with... Would you put her with um, Capaldi? Because, you know, you've got the... You've got you know, the chocolate cake eating uh, nice Evelyn with the grumpy 12th Doctor? Or have we already had that with the mellowing of the 6th Doctor? I think maybe we've had that. I actually think one should go better with David Tennant. It's pity he's going in his time, Lord Victorious, and, he, you know, she'd keep him in control, which, you know, as, as he lost more and more <laughs> control towards the end, she would have been a good stabilising force, which might have been good to say. In, ter- in terms of Peter Capaldi, I think someone like Ehrman would be interesting. Because um, you know he loves to teach and train and tutor people. Ehrman coming from her Egyptian past would have been an interesting car- campaign to put with them. It, it's, it's interesting to try and do this because just talk, just think about it now. You can really see how well the companions were created for their big finished doctor, and that and how well. And it's really hard to try and think if how would you move them to a different doctor. I mean, Charlie did it really well in terms of going from the eighth to the sixth, and that yeah. transition worked um, remarkably well. Yeah. Um, but it's always hard to know how they how they play across to different doctors. But yeah, it's a it's a fascinating idea to keep playing around with. What what what, what our listeners would do? Who would, who would you pair together? Yeah, if you've got any ideas, uh, drop us a comment. Uh, post a comment on our socials as well. Um, we've we've actually got a new Facebook page too. So go along and and check that out. Just look for Sirens of the Sirens of Audio, and uh, leave us your comments. Drop a comment on your YouTube channel as well. All right, let's jump out of the rabbit hole. We'll throw in a trailer right here, and we'll be back in a moment with Sean Carlson. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Gallifrey Series 4. Reborn, disassembled, annihilation forever. Starring Lala Ward. Your crimes are child's play to what I have achieved. Whole civilizations lie in ashes because of me. And yours may well be next. Louise Jameson. War should not be simple. War should be tactical and brave, fought with guile and cunning. Miles Richardson. Do you care so little about Romana? Hasn't she trusted you? Doesn't she deserve better treatment than this? Sean Carlson. 
As Time Lords, entire galaxies must tremble at the very mention of our name. Civilizations who oppose us will be crushed beneath our feet. It is our divine right. Colonel Hanford. There is no place for us. Not anymore. No family. No friends. No protection. Katie Manning. You're on Gallifrey. Gallifrey is at war. Therefore, you can only be on one side or the other. Mary Tam. Was I to be the next? Do you want me to give up my regenerations as well? Jeffrey Beavers. Would you destroy our people, Romana? Would you watch an entire race die for the sake of war? Colin Baker. Unfinished business drew me here, perhaps. But now we have to do what we can to help preserve this place, just as everyone else does. And John Leeson has... K-9. Radio link communications failing. By my calculations, you are 2,347. Gallifrey. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. So everyone, I'd like to welcome Sean Carlson. So Sean, thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Lovely to be here. Now, now where are you talking to us from? Uh, I am literally sat in my bedroom at home in uh, Llantilio Patholi. Oh, okay. a little uh, hamlet in Wales. <laughs> what, what part of Wales is that? We're in Monmouthshire. Yeah, rural Monmouth, Monmouthshire. So you grew up and were born in Wales, is that right? Where, where, where were you born? Oh, yes, absolutely. Up? Born and bred, yeah. Um, of Irish extraction, if, uh, if that uh, <laughs> matters at all. Um, yes, I was. I was born and, born and raised here. So, I know people sometimes say, you know, at conventions and things, crikey, you, 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 um, you don't sound like Narvin. <laughs> or, or they say, yeah, Narvin doesn't sound Welsh. Well, no, no, he's, he's not me, is he? But... Um, but yes, yes, Welsh. I don't have a, a strong accent, to be honest. I don't think I do. Um, but then I always find that, you know, when I'm working with English actors, they say, oh, you sound very Welsh. And then when I'm with Welsh actors, they say, oh, you don't sound very Welsh. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not by Eve Miles' standards. I don't sound very Welsh when, when compared to someone like Eve. <laughs> no, that's right. So how do you uh, decide to become an actor? When I was a little kid, um, I, I remember we went on a holiday to, um, oh, somewhere on the Gower coast. There's a beautiful bit of coastline um, in Wales. And I remember there was a clubhouse there. And God knows what possessed me, but but somehow I got up on stage and, and did a few impressions and, and told a few jokes. I, I cringe at the, the, the memory of it, but I did. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the applause and I, I enjoyed the laughter and... Um, and I don't know how I had the confidence to, to get up on stage and do that, but I did. And so I suppose as a kid, I just, I just wanted to, um, yeah, to, to be on stage, to entertain, to just, to just enjoy an audience. I think, you know, that was the thing, live, live audience, you know, that reaction, that interaction I enjoyed. And the other thing I record is my dad gave me a cassette um, when I was a kid, back in the 70s, he gave me a cassette of Monty Python, live at Drury Lane. Um, and I've still got it on CD and it gives me a warm glow to listen to it because I remember as a kid, I was probably too young to even appreciate Monty Python, but I did love it. And I, I, I used to um, write down those sketches, learn them word for word. I did the same with Not the Nine O'Clock News as well. I'd, I'd write the sketches down um, in, in script form and then perform them with my friends. I actually met Michael Palin um, quite a few years ago now. He came to see me in a show called Tales of the Country. And, it, you know, it's my, my proudest moment because I was in the bar after the show and Brian Viner, who wrote the play, he said, oh, great show, Sean. Um, let me buy you a pint. And this very familiar voice said, uh, no, no, I'll get that because you were very funny. And there was Michael Palin, my absolute comedy hero. Um, and, yeah, he bought me a beer and we had a lovely chat and I was chatting to his wife as well and I told her this little story about how that cassette is probably the reason I became an actor. And she said, oh, gosh, what a lovely story. You must tell Michael. I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm telling you. She said, no, no, Michael, come here. You've got to hear this. And, um, yeah, and he just gave me that twinkly-eyed smile. and went, oh, <laughs> I guess, yeah, you could say maybe that cassette is what uh, is what really led to it. So, yeah, much later on, I went to youth theatre and then drama school. That was that. 
It's a great CD. Actually, I've still got that. I remember sitting down and writing out the four Yorkshiremen word for word because yeah. I performed Same that. Here. Perform that for a school thing. I've now, I've now bought all the scripts. I think all that work I went to to transcribe these pl- these uh, stories. <laughs> hey, we could do it now. Oh, Chateau de Chatelet. Who'd have thought 30 years ago we'd be sat around here drinking Chateau de Chatelet? <laughs> yeah, you don't have to thought? come up with the next line. I don't even know what the next line is. I just remember uh, bits of it. But yeah, yeah. I, really, yeah I woke up at six o'clock and wrote, licked, licked the road clean witch tongue. Yeah. Was, um, we still live in a corridor. Just a dream of living in a corridor. Would have been a palace to us. There's 20 of us living in a shoebox in Miller Motorway. Um, <laughs> yes. So where, where did you go to drums? We, could, we could go on. We could. We could. And the non-Pythons would, would be going, where the hell is this going? What are they talking about? <laughs> I, I have several friends who think about that, me, me about doing that all the time, unfortunately. Um, so where did you go to drama school? So I went to the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama. Um, where Eve went, actually, although our paths didn't cross there. That was much later. Um, so I, I, I left Welsh College in 92 and then throughout the 90s worked in theatre and television. Um, and in 1998, I did, I don't know why I'm going off with this story, but <laughs> I'm bringing Eve in on this one. So uh, in 1998, I did a one-man show at the Edinburgh Festival. And uh, there was a bunch of... Um, final year students from Royal Welsh College, they were doing a show called Gas Station Angel in the same venue as me. So they were on in the afternoon, I think, and I was on in the evening. And Eve Miles was in that show. So we just kind of hit it off. And um, yeah, I just remember Drunken Nights in Edinburgh. And um, yeah, they, they, it was a great show they did and, and a great cast. And, and Eve struck me then uh, as someone, you know, um, who had a lot of talent and someone someone to watch and look out for. Um, but also just such a lovely person. And yeah, that was 98. And then we went on to do a couple of plays together and um, yeah, worked together occasionally over the years. But yeah, Welsh College, good drama school. I think, you know, um, one of the best in the UK, so I'm told. <laughs> good place. I, I, I enjoyed it enormously. So when you first left drama school, a lot of acting in terms of on stage, was that where you first started? Yeah. Um, my first job uh, after drama school was a, a tour of Testament of Youth based on Vera Britton's wartime diaries. Uh, so that was all about the First World War. You know, really, really good, um, good story, great story, very moving. And nice as a first gig. And that was it. Yeah, I did a lot of theatre. And then along the way, quite early on, sort of picked up little telly parts here and there on, you know, things like Casualty and uh, some Welsh dramas. Um, crikey, I was going back a bit. Yeah, trying to remember um, what I did back then. It's all so long ago, but I did. I, I seemed to work throughout the 90s, you know, a lot consistently. I did lots of theatre uh, and, yeah, quite a lot of little telly jobs here and there. And TV commercials as well. Do you know, I can't find any of them. Thank God they're not out there because I, I did quite a lot of really bad TV commercials in the 90s. And they're not out there on, on, um, on YouTube or anywhere, thankfully, because if they were, my God, I'd be humiliated. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, I, I did okay. What kind of things were you advertising? Oh, crikey. Uh, gosh. There was uh, new newreg.com where, where I, I, I was doing an MOT and, and, and this car exhaust sort of explodes in my face and I'm covered in black grime and I hold up a big fail notice. And uh, what else was there? Um, no, that was Carcraft, that was. Newreg.com, I was a traffic warden um, and I, I go to slap a ticket on this woman's car and she turns, she, she, it turns out she's the devil or something and uh, my pen turns into a, a serpent. Yeah, I seem to remember that one. Weird bit of CGI there. What else? Crikey, Robert Price DIY. I was the face of Robert Price DIY. <laughs> Lots of cheesy commercials. Um, Techniquest, Trocadero Centre, stuff like that. So yeah. Doctor Who fans everywhere are now going to be scouring their VHS cassettes. <laughs> I walked into that one, didn't I? <laughs> Believe me, you won't find them. They're, they're, thankfully, no one has put them on. They're, they're not out there. Okay, well, that's, that's a challenge for you all out there. See if you can find Sean well, Carlson's commercials and we'll, I, we'll Twitter them. I, I had them all on, on, on VHS cassettes because it was, you know, going back 
to the 90s. I had them all on VHS cassettes and um, they all went down the tip. <laughs> I, I got rid of the evidence. <laughs> they used to be on my on, on my show reel, but God knows why, you know. <laughs> so did you find there's enough work as a Welsh actor in Wales or did you have to keep going up into England to, to get more work? Well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fluent Welsh speaker, so I didn't really do much on, on S4C, the Welsh language channel. I did a couple of dramas on there, but playing Irish characters, because as I mentioned, I'm, I'm of uh, Irish uh, heritage. Um, my real name is Collins. That's my real surname. Sean Collins is a very West Cork name. That's, that's where my mum's family came from. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I did do a lot of work in England, a lot of theatre. Most of my theatre was in England. When I started out, I worked with a few Welsh companies. But then after that, I was, I was constantly going off to do, yeah, you, long UK tours of, of stuff in England, you know, things like the picture of Dorian Gray I did and uh, Sons, of Lo- Sons of Lovers, I remember. I think I've mentioned this before. It was while I was doing the tour of Sons and Lovers that um, I first got to hear about Big Finish because there was an actress... Uh, in the cast called Sarah Wakefield, a very good friend of mine. And she said to me, oh, I, yeah, I've, I've done a Doctor Who audio. I'm so jealous. I'm like, what? You, 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 you've got Doctor Who on your CV? Um, and she gave me a cassette of uh, The Mutant Phase. And I listened to it in my car driving back to Wales and thought, wow, this is great. You know, I was aware of Big Finish because as soon as they came along, um, I read about them in, in Doctor Who magazine, got the free CD, um, and was very excited that, wow, someone's got the license to make new Doctor Who. Very exciting news. And then through Sarah, uh, I met Jason Hay Gallery. He came to see the show, Sons and Lovers. And we had a beer afterwards. And I remember we went out to the car park. He opened the boot of his car. He had loads of CDs in there. And he gave me a couple of CDs. And I said, have a listen to this. This is the sort of thing we do. And you must write to Gary Russell. I'm sorry if you've heard this story before. But, um, so I wrote to Gary and I heard absolutely nothing. I didn't get a reply. And two years went by and I didn't get a reply. And I thought, well, crikey, you know, thanks a lot. You know, I sent my cassette in. I got nothing back. And then out of the blue in 2003, I was filming, doing a corporate film in Cardiff, coincidentally with Lisa Bowman. And, uh, and I get a call and it's Gary Russell. And he said, um, Oh, we've just moved office and um, I've just found your cassette behind a filing cabinet and I had a listen and it's rather good. Would you like to do a Doctor Who with us? And uh, I played it cool. and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I think uh, I think I'm available. <laughs> and inside I'm going, yes. Can I just take a step back there? You, you, yeah. were reading, you were reading Doctor Who magazine and that's where you knew about Big Finish. So you're a bit of a fan? Yeah, I am. I am. I, I certainly, you know, um, certainly back in the 90s, uh, I bought Doctor Who magazine, yeah, religiously. Uh, and I've still got them. Uh, I must I must do something with them. I mean, <laughs> I don't mean sell them. I just give them to someone because they're just taking up space. They're in my voiceover booth downstairs um, on the shelf there. But I've got all my issues, yeah, from, I guess, I guess it was about 94 I started buying it until um, 99. I don't know why I stopped buying it. Um, it was an exciting period as well, because, of course, that period covered the whole build-up to the TV movie with Paul McGann and the aftermath of, you know, will they, won't they make a new series, which, of course, you know, sadly didn't happen. Um, and we had to wait a bit longer for that to happen. But, yeah, I, I certainly read it through, um, through the 90s. And... As a kid, I watched Doctor Who, you know, people always say, what's your earliest memory? And forgive me if, if I'm jumping in, it's one of your questions for later on. But, you know, my earliest memory, I think, is Sea Devils, because it's it's just such a memorable, you know, image, isn't it? You know, the, uh, the Sea Devils rising out to the sea, and I seem to vaguely recall that, which must have been like, I don't know, 73 or something. So I, I certainly watched it in the Pertwee era. And then as I got a little older and it got into the Tom Baker era, that's when I really, you know, wouldn't miss it. You know, I adored it then. Um, so, yeah, I watched Doctor Who throughout most of the 70s and into the early 80s. And then kind of, yeah, I guess I drifted away from it, sadly, because I missed a treat, didn't I? You know, I mean, Peter Davison came along and I'd stopped watching it. 
and it wasn't until I was 20-something that I started um, watching all the episodes I hadn't seen on, on VHS. So I kind of worked my way through through the 80s and, and watched the occasional story that survived from the 60s as well. What was it that prompted you to start buying the magazine then after not watching the show for a while? Oh, well, i tell you what it was. Um, so it was, it was in the early to mid-90s, um, there was a video shop around the corner from my house in Cardiff, and they had a really good um, sci-fi section. And, you know, there was a whole wall of Doctor Who on VHS. And I thought, wow, you know, how fantastic. It was like a little cave, this sort of grotto area, you know. And you go into this little cave area, um, kind of fake stone, and, and there was, you know, the sci-fi section with a load of Doctor Who. So, um, yeah, me and... Uh, my friend Tim, who, who was the only other Doctor Who fan that I knew, <laughs> started watching them on, on cassette. Um, so I suppose that, yeah, that's what led to me buying the magazine again. I just, you know, saw a copy on the shelf in Smith's one day and picked it up and thumbed through it. And, yeah, gave me a warm glow and uh, and that was it. I I bought it from there onwards. And then, of course, the, the exciting news came along that there was a possibility that they were going to bring it back. Uh, and eventually we got the TV movie. So Gary Russell found your tape and yeah. he got back in touch with you and said, uh, would you like to do a Doctor Who with us? I I think your first script was The Natural History of Fear. Is that right? That's right, yes. Yeah, so that was that was a, it's one of my favourite uh, Eighth Doctor stories. Uh, did you read that script and have any idea what was going on? Do you have any recollections of that? Because it was really an er experimental story. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was an odd one because, um, you know, I, I was so excited and and I was I was sort of expecting because I'd listened to um, a few big finish Doctor Who's up to that point, obviously the mutant phase. And then the two that uh, Jason gave me was um, sort of Orion and crikey, what was the other one? Um, oh, I can't remember. It's about the R101. I think it was... Oh, Storm Morning. Storm Morning. That was it, yeah. So, to me, they they felt very much like TV Doctor Who, you know, like conventional Doctor Who stories in the best possible sense. And I really enjoyed them. That's what I was kind of, you know, expecting to be doing and, and, and hoping to be doing. And then I get this script. I was absolutely baffling. You know, it wasn't <laughs> like... It wasn't like conventional Doctor Who. They were certainly trying something very different. And I know that... It was part of um, oh, there was a story arc, wasn't there? Through yeah. that, through that season, the Divergent Universe. I, yeah, of course. And, and I and I only heard that was the only story I heard from that season. I think. Uh, yeah. So I, no, I wouldn't say it made sense. <laughs> but 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 and you know, and it doesn't make sense. But it doesn't take away from the the thrill of being in the studio with the Doctor. Doesn't matter who you know, you're alongside uh, whichever actor it might be on the day, that is the Doctor for me. Uh, and I loved Paul's Doctor in the TV movie. I really did. I thought he was, when I heard he was going to be the Doctor, I thought, brilliant, brilliant. They've got it right. Perfect casting. Um, inspired choice. And then when I saw him on screen, yeah, it was like, wow, he is the Doctor. And I've said this before, there was a lot about the TV movie that I, I liked you know, the look and feel of it. I just think it wasn't the strongest script. And that's such a shame. But there we are. You know, it's it's been talked about <laughs> plenty elsewhere. But nevertheless, as far as uh, his performance and the casting, I thought spot on. So I was delighted to be in a studio next to Paul. Um, that was a huge thrill. And just to have Doctor Who on my CV, because that's something I always wanted. You know, if I just had that one credit, uh, I'd been happy and, and I'd been very, very fortunate to have many, many who credits on my CV. So uh, I feel very, very privileged, very honoured to be a small part of uh, the who universe. This is the voice of Light City. Attention. Welcome to your new workday. Today is Jubilee Day, 
Citizens may celebrate for one day without arrest or punishment. Happiness through acceptance. Welcome to your Jubilee Day. Welcome to your Jubilee. Do you worship? Do you go to church? Do you believe in God? How many gods are there? What's his name? What does he look like? Perhaps he's a woman, or perhaps he has a beard. Perhaps a, a, a bearded woman. Uh, perhaps he's he's many, many gods. Uh, a whole army of gods. Perhaps he's plotting to attack us now, to destroy us. Uh, a whole army of gods rampaging across a desert, a plateau, to kill us, to wipe us out. Would God do that? Is God fair? Does he love us? Does he hate us? Perhaps he's teasing with us, perhaps he's toying with us, perhaps he's playing with us, playing with our minds, perhaps we're all just part of one big experiment, perhaps we're just toys, perhaps we're all little toy figures that God is playing with and sometimes he bites off our heads and sometimes he stamps on us and sometimes he throws his toys back in the box and he doesn't want to play with us anymore, he doesn't want us anymore, he, he wants to get rid of us, he wants to get rid of us, to throw us all away, get rid of us, don't do that to us, no, he loves us, really, he loves us, doesn't he, doesn't he, it's not true, we all love each other. Perhaps that's the answer. Love isn't that what we need? But then perhaps love is evil. Is it a sin to love? Is it a sin? Is it wrong? Is, is it wrong to love? To hate? Perhaps to hate is safer. Hmm? Or to feel nothing? Do we feel nothing? Do we feel nothing? Perhaps we'll be safe. We just feel nothing. If we don't speak, perhaps we'll be safe. It was about a year after that you came back uh, and got the role that you're probably was most known for is Narvin. How did how yeah. did the uh, Gallifrey series come about for you? So I, I kind of had an inkling that um, it wouldn't be my last story, Natural History of Fear. And I do owe it to India Fisher. And I know I've said this many times before, but I will say it again because I'm eternally grateful to India. Um, she said to Gary after recording, I, I can't remember whether we went for a beer or something. And, but anyway, I remember we went for a drink and she said, oh, Sean was really good. You should use him again. And Gary said, hmm, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, oh, he's not impressed. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. But he then wrote to me or emailed me and said, you know, really liked what you did on Natural History of Fear. Um, would you like to do this thing called Gallifrey? Of course, yeah, I was delighted. They're going to use me again. Wonderful. Um, and this script arrives. And, of course, I'm expecting a script, a story, a one-off, you know, four-parter or something called Gallifrey. And this thing, you know, they, they couldn't fit it through, through the letterbox. You know, I had to sort of <laughs> take it off the postman. And, and it's like sort of like this thick, you know. I'm thinking, well, how long is this? You know, it's epic. Of course, I didn't realise that it was the first series they were giving me in one go couldn't believe it i thought whoa you know i'm i'm not just in a story i'm i'm in the series this is this is wonderful um so i just got stuck into it as you do with any script as an actor you read it first just read it through take it in you're hearing it in your head you're getting a feel for the character not making decisions straight away but just kind of yeah i think i think i see what the writer's trying to do here. I think I see what kind of character he is, probably having a similar reaction to what the listeners would have got of, you know, making the decisions of, oh, you know, he's 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 a bad guy. He's he's a bit kind of smarmy. He's a bit, you know, narky and snidey. And um, even the name Narvin, you know, narky, I think Gary said, that's, that's why he came up with that name, Narvin. He's narky and, you know, and at the time, I remember thinking to myself, um, he's like an intergalactic Peter Mandelson. He's a bit dark and devious. He's not to be trusted. Um, and as far as I was concerned, yeah, he is He is the bad guy here. Um, you know, there's there's Romana and Leela. They're the good guys, you know, and K-9. And then they've, they've got Narvin to contend with. So that was my take on it. And from that just came... I don't know. I didn't. I didn't deliberately think I'm. I'm going to create a voice for him. 
it's just that's what came out when I read it. Um, so he was he was sort of there, fully formed. As soon as I read it out loud, there was this this voice, and that was Narvin, and that's how he's been ever since. Although obviously he's he's developed. They've they've written this most wonderful, you know, script development, uh, um, character development, um, and it's been a great story, and it's been a great journey. You, it, you were in the studio with Paul McGann, so that was one thing. You were in Doctor Who with the Doctor, but now with Gallifrey, you were in the studio with with characters from the era that you grew up with as a as a diehard fan. What was that like being in the studio with Lala and uh, Louise? Oh, that was fantastic. You know, I remember thinking at the time, um, because as you know, my era, my favourite era was uh, the Baker years, Tom Baker years. So here I was with two of Tom's companions, three, if you include K-9. Um, being part of that gang, was just incredibly special. And as you say, these were people that I'd grown up watching on television, knowing, you know, and loving. And they were very familiar to me, you know, as, as characters on TV. And suddenly you're in a room with them. And, you know, these are, these are your, your fellow cast members. And, you know, now it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm kind of very used to working with people from the world of Doctor Who. But back then it was... Um, it's still a thrill and a buzz. Yeah, absolutely it is. But back then I was just like, you know, I can't believe I'm <laughs> I'm in a studio with these people. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And and then, you know, as, as we went along through those first few seasons of Gallifrey, you know, in came Linda Bellingham and Mary Tam, you know, just wonderful. And then we got, got to season four and crikey, we had Caroline Ford. I mean, I just thought it doesn't get any better than this. And I should say, I must say, um, you know, Lala and Lou and John um, have become good friends over the years. And John, I haven't seen for a long, long time. Uh, I think I last saw him in, in, in L.A. at the convention there. But, you know, Lala and Lou, you know, it's, it's been the three of us throughout, you know, on that, that journey. It's a long, long time that we've worked together and we've got to know each other very well. And, um, and they are the most... They're, they're brilliant actors to work with. They're the most lovely people to work with as well. Um, and I've, I've got huge love and respect for them. I really have. Um, and I miss working with them. I really do. So Narvin's an interesting character because certainly when it started, he was the villain. But mm. as he became someone that you actually... Well, it's interesting. Lala, well, Romana's character, first respected him and liked him. And that sort of turned our view towards him. How do you turn a character that is so hated to begin with into someone that you actually are cheering for and rallying behind? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I I, I didn't do that. Maybe I, ha I had a I had a part to play in in do, doing a good job, hopefully, uh, of doing that. But you know, really, that's that's what the writers did. You know, they they took Narvin on this journey, um, and I think you know it. it the credit has to go to the writers because I think what, what they did was fantastic. The writing is, is top draw, always has been. And it's, it's rare to, um, you know, normally you, you play a character, on a, you know, in a play, for example, you know, you, you, yeah, you've got an incredible journey from start to finish, you know. Um, I've been fortunate to, to play some great roles on stage. But to actually play a character in an audio drama for the best part of 18 years, and have that character develop over those 18 years. Yeah, wow, that's that's a lot of time and a lot of scripts and a lot of development and a lot of growth. I, I never consciously thought, yeah, now, 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 I've, now I've got to show a different side to him. The scripts just did that for me. And I just went with the scripts. So it's, it's all credit to the writers, that, that character development. But it took me by surprise, really. It honestly took me by surprise because... Um, Yes, I could see how Narvin was changing and I could see, ah, this is clever. He's not actually the bad guy at all. Right, okay, we, we were wrong-footed by, um, by our um, opinion of him to start with. Um, he's, he's, he's not the bad guy at all. And actually, surprisingly, along the way, he, he, he can suddenly show such decency and, and bravery and... Um, 
you know, had the most wonderful qualities. So, it, it, yeah, it's been a surprise to me, the development. And then the other thing that was a surprise was that people um, liked the character, that, that, that uh, yeah, that there was this, this I don't know, um, fondness for Narvin, which, which I find incredibly touching. You know, I, I don't know when I realised that. I think maybe it was... I used to go on Tumblr and I, 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 not for any particular reason, I don't do it now. I just, I just haven't looked at that for years, but, but I used to look at Tumblr and I, and I could see on there that, wow, Narvin's got a little bit of a following, you know, and people sort of seem to enjoy talking to each other about him and, and having a laugh about him and creating fan art and fan fiction and stuff like that. And I thought, God, how touching that's, that's really wonderful. Um, and now of course I see that on Twitter and then you kind of meet people at conventions or, or see what people are saying and thinking, um, you know, on Twitter and things. And suddenly you go, gosh, you know, this character's got a bit of a following. People seem to really love him and I've taken him to their hearts. And, I, and I'm, I'm hugely um, touched by that. I really am. So there's been uh, a couple of different producers for, for Gallifrey. We've had Gary. Mm. And then it moved on to to Scott. What's the yeah. difference uh, for you between those two different uh, producers? Was there any uh, significant changes that you can sort of uh, name? They're two very different guys, you know, different different personalities. So different to work with, yes. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I love them both. I really do. They're, they're very, very different personalities. Um, so yeah, that's that's a different experience. But I don't know. They they get the same results. I mean, I, I, I find them both very, very perceptive. Um, and I don't get a huge amount of notes from either of them. You know, we're having to go back a long, long time because you know it's um, it, it's. It's ten years, I guess, since since I was working with Gary on Gallifrey, um, but I think it was pretty much the same experience with Gary as it is with Scott, or was with Scott, in that yeah, I didn't get a huge amount of notes um, because you know you, you you get to know the character so well, and then the people that you work with, the, the regular cast, you know, Lala and Lou and myself, you know, we have a shorthand for working with each other. You know, quite often we can just get a scene, you know. In, in one take, you know, um, maybe go back and do a couple of pickups if need be. But um, yeah, Scott, if, if Scott gives me a note, it's it's something that I've missed. And it's it's always a good note. You know, he's, he's got a great shorthand for just making you realize there's a there's a better way of playing that line or getting the right getting the right sense the intended sense out of that line and you think oh crikey that's clever why didn't i spot spot that well because scott's cleverer than me perhaps <laughs> there's no perhaps about it he's, he's a smart lad um and a, and a really fine director gosh i'm gushing about scott can you believe it i mean it's horrible to me you know <laughs> he's so rude <laughs> no respect but um no i i enjoyed hugely enjoyed working with the pair of them um and they're, they're good friends you know um and i miss i miss working with them both i really do doctor who short trips erasure i must have looked completely out of it because when a man walked up i assumed he was a bellascon elder i mean why wouldn't i he looked at my cia tabard up and down like he was trying to measure me up and then he asked why i was there greetings i said I am not of this world. I am Narvin from... And he just cut me off with an impatient wave and a sigh. I know who you are. Celestial Intervention Agency. Unsubtle and a bit dim, probably. So who sent you? Which idiot? I told him it was Coordinator Vancell. Vancell? He almost spat. Vancell. Vancell. Never heard of him. But I'm sure he's just as annoying as the rest of them. And then a youth wandered over, and that's when I realized. Neither of them were Bellascons. I closed my eyes briefly, sent out a slight telepathic wave, seeing if I could identify the species. The boy, no, but the rude man. I opened my eyes and stared at him. Have you quite finished? he asked. 
Adric, meet a useless Time Lord. Useless Time Lord, meet Adric. But I couldn't focus on anything other than the man. You. You're... I started to say, but he turned his back. Yes, he said. Yes, I am. Now, come on. If you've been sent here, I imagine it's for the same reason as Adric and I, although I'm guessing that my resolution will be less scorched earth than yours. And then the boy confirmed my suspicions. Doctor, he asked, why is the Time Lord here? He looked at me. Are you here about Romana? Because... But the doctor shook his head and Adric fell silent. Back then, I had no idea who or what a Romana was. But I absolutely knew who the Doctor was. Big finish. We love stories. I should point out that indirectly, you you worked with Gary about five years ago on a short trip that he wrote. Uh, oh, that's so, right. So what was that experience like for you in com- as compared to doing a full cast, doing the short trip? Did what, how, how much did you enjoy that? I enjoyed it hugely, and, and, and I, I took it as, um, I took it as, well, does this sound, <laughs> no, I, say I took it as an honour, you know, it did feel like a bit of an honour, because, um, you know, traditionally, I was aware of the short trips um, thing, and, you know, the characters, or, or the actors, rather, that, that, that seemed to do the short trips, to my mind, were usually... Um, very well-known Doctor Who companions from the TV series. So, uh, you know, they were, yeah, they were well-established Doctor Who TV characters, usually, you know. For Narvin to be doing one, for me to be asked to do one, um, yeah, I, 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 was, I was really chuffed that they came up with that idea, that they wrote one. And, and then when I discovered that it was going to be Gary directing it, oh, you know, I was just delighted because... I didn't think we'd we'd have that chance again to work together on a on a Doctor Who related script, you know. Um, he, he's moved on to other things, and I thought, well, sadly, those those days are gone of working with Gary on a big finished story. Um, but it was a one off, and he was happy to come back and do that. Um, and I was really delighted. It was a lovely experience. Obviously, it's a different experience because, um, yeah, you're you're narrating a story. Um, so it's like doing a little kind of, you know, um, talking book, I suppose. Diff- very different experience without other actors there, but but a lovely experience. Um, and yeah, I was just just so so chuffed and, and thankful, grateful that they um, decided to do that with Narvin. And that story was involving the Fourth Doctor, so Narvin and was teaming up with the Fourth Doctor. But in yep. actual fact, a few years before that, you did do a story with Tom Baker, didn't you? So what was that uh, experience like for you being a fan of that era? Oh, Actually. crikey, that, that was wonderful. I mean, that was, you know, that was a box that, that you want to tick, you know, to, to, to work with Tom. Um, I, I met him at a convention, as you said earlier. I, I was a bit of a fan. I am a bit of a fan. And I, I went to uh, Longleat back in uh, well, the late 90s, it was. And there was a, a convention to celebrate 20 years of K-9, I think it was, uh, K-9's 20th birthday party, or 25th birthday party, I'm not sure. I went along to that, and Liz Sladen was there. I never got to work with her, sadly. It was the only time I, I, I met her. Um, and Tom was there. And so I, I met Tom, and I got him to sign, you know, a, a Doctor Who book, Um and uh, I said something like, you know, oh, I, I really hope we uh, we get to work together one day. He said, ah, might that happen? What do you do, Sean? I said, uh, I'm an actor. He said, ah, yes, perhaps, perhaps one day you could be the doctor and I could be the master. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I, I was just like, yeah, yeah, you know, um, and yeah, God, you know, sure enough, all these years later, I find myself in a studio with him. Um, and we recorded down in, um, oh gosh, where was it? Tunbridge Wells. Tunbridge Wells, that's it, yeah. Um, so I went down there, um, not not on our usual patch in the most studios, down in Tunbridge Wells, and I went into the studio. And I think they'd been recording all morning. I arrived just before lunchtime. And... Uh, 
um, David Richardson took me into the um, into the studio, um, and they were just doing a take, Tom and and Lou, and I just sat and listened, and they did this scene, and they finished, and David and I sort of turned to each other with big grins on our faces because it was like, oh wow, he he he's still the fourth Doctor. That voice, you know, it's just unmistakably, you know, Tom being the fourth Doctor and still doing it brilliantly. So that was a that was a, oh, a huge huge buzz um, and, and always interesting, always fun to play a character you know that isn't Narvin. And occasionally that happens, perhaps less so now. Um, maybe I've become more sort of, I don't know, strongly associated with with, with Narvin. You know, no qualms about that. I love playing Narvin. But, yeah, it was interesting to be there as, you know, Ned Davey, was it? Some, yeah, Cockney grave digger. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah lovely story. You've always, um, also managed to work with Peter Davison. One of his uh, most popular stories is The Council of Nicaea, one of his histories. So yeah. working with Peter Davison and Sarah Sutton, what was that like? Crikey, it's gone back a long time as well, isn't it? 2005, I think, early days for me um, with Big Finish. Um, Peter was lovely. You know, I've, I've met him a few times over the years uh, at conventions. He, always a lovely, um, warm, charming guy. Uh, and I loved his doctor when I finally watched those VHSs and, and realised just how good he'd been and what I'd missed. Um, so um, it's funny, I can't remember too much of that one. It's, it's I don't know why. It's, you know, I remember working with Peter and that, that being a buzz and... and um, yeah, it's it, it's it's a hazy memory that one. I'm afraid. I can remember being in a cafe with him afterwards. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a, yeah. It's a it's a vague memory that one. I'm afraid. It, it must be my age. <laughs> now with um, Narvin, he, he the show Gallifrey kept reinventing itself. They saw the first three seasons, um, which were Gary's, and then it looked like it had ended. And then Gary came back a few years later. He did some more box sets, and then it looked like it had ended. Do you think yeah. Marv, Do you think Gallifrey is over now? Even what, what do you think is the future for Gallifrey? Oh well, um, I thought it was over then. To be honest, I really did. You know, we did those three seasons, and I remember, I remember Gary calling me, uh, and he said, oh, "I'm I'm not going to be doing it anymore. You know, I'm I'm off to work for um, the BBC, and he was off to, you know, do stuff on on." I think it was Sarah Jane or Doctor Who, wasn't it? Um, and I thought that was the end of it then, sadly. But he he later called me and he said, you know, he said, we will do it again, but I just don't know when. And so I always kind of lived in that hope that, that there would be more Gallifrey. I think five years went by, wasn't it? And then we did it again, didn't we? Um, whereas this time around, it feels more certain. I don't know that it's the end. I think people think I'm just saying that. You know, I know people on Twitter thought I was just teasing them. But, you know, honestly, if if there are plans to make uh, more Gallifrey, you know, they haven't told me. So, I, I you know, I don't know, really. Is it the end? Uh, I honestly don't know. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a question for, um, you know, uh, it's a question for Big Finish, really, because I honestly don't know the answer. Um, I just hope, I hope, that one day we can do some more. Uh, and I know Lala does as well, because we were in touch recently. We we emailed each other uh, a few weeks back, and she said, I really hope we get to work together again. You know, we, we must uh, we must lobby Big Finish <laughs> for more Gallifrey. <laughs> I thought that was sweet, you know. She doesn't have to do it, but she obviously enjoys doing it. So in between doing all this stuff for Big Finish, what, what, what else have you been doing with the rest of your career and back and with forth? With my time. <laughs> Well, uh, it, it was all going very well until, you know, um, COVID hit. I, I had a good run of it, really. You know, uh, in recent years, going up, up up until, you know, when we had the first lockdown, I did a few films, which was lovely. Um, you know, because I'd never done hardly anything by way of feature films. I had a few bit parts in some films way back in the 90s, and, you know, um, I mean, <laughs> I did a film called Shine back in, in, in the 90s and uh, and it won an Oscar, but my part was pretty much cut from it. I, I ended up with about two lines in it. 
but you know but it was still there as a credit and i got paid you know i was but you know i was hardly in it it literally just got cut and uh yeah um but then in recent years you know in the last few years i i did three or four feature films sort of back to back um and a couple of them got released the cleansing was a sort of um that was a horror, a witchcraft sort of film. That came out. Um, it was a rather good little film. I was quite pleased with that. And I did something else called Boudicca, Rise of the Warrior Queen. That was a nice little film. That came out. And then I, I had a lead in a film called Forgotten Journeys. I played this guy uh, who was ex-SAS, would you believe? I, I did get fit for it, you know, but he was ex-SAS, not current SAS. Um and it was a really strong script and a, and a lovely part. And so nice to finally have a lead in a, in a feature film. And we shot it. We finished it. It was in the can. Good cast. Great script. Um, and then the company went bust. <laughs> it's, it'll never be released. You know, that's it. You know, it's, um, it's absolutely heartbreaking, really. I was gutted about that. And then I did All Creatures Great and Small, which was on telly just recently. And then COVID hit and uh, it all kind of ground to a halt. So it's only really, you know, things are starting to move again now. Um, I did an episode of um, His Dark Materials. That'll be on this autumn. Um, but again, <laughs> uh, it won't be much, honestly. We've got we've got a fight scene with Yorick Bernison. You know, that I shouldn't give too much away. I won't give anything away, other than to say that we had a, a, a scene with 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 the bear you know yorick burnison and um yeah I, th I think most of my lines get drowned out by these lovely bunch of background artists you know um but you know i think a lot of my lines got lost in the in the malay you know i'm there sort of going yorick burnison you have no rights here bear <laughs> i think i'm being drowned out most of the time but uh yeah look out for that in the autumn that that, that will be on i think it i think it's episode four of the next series I really enjoyed the All Creatures Great and Small, actually. Um, really, oh, really nicely done. We, we, I, you'll have to forgive me for not reading the credits because I, I didn't notice you there, but I will next time I watch it. What, uh, were, you, what were you playing? Yes, I, I, it was a lovely episode and, and a lovely series. I really enjoyed it. You know, I've only read the first two books. Um, so being familiar with the books, it was a buzz to get asked to do that. And I was really chuffed. It's quite a nice nice episode as well i did episode four of the first series um and yeah nice little part joe mulligan um this deaf irish character who was a first world war veteran um and well they say they say they they hope to bring him back so we'll see so i, I very very much hope that uh, joe mulligan returns i know i'm not in series two because that's already done but uh they said at some point they may they may bring that character back i hope so yeah, I was. I I really enjoyed that first series. It was lovely. Looking forward to the uh, yeah to series two, which I think is on very soon. So, any idea what the future holds? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Eh? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> what was the, what was he the um what was his Tom's character the uh, the curator? The curator. That was it. The curator. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Crikey, what a thrill! Sorry, I'm 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 going off into fanboy mode again. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't I didn't see that one coming when Tom turned up in that. God, that was brilliant. <laughs> we've, so you've now worked with all. Have you worked with all the surviving doctors? I I haven't worked with all of them. Who um, so who haven't I worked with? Uh, I well, there's quite a few of them now, isn't there? You know, um, because it goes on and on. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've got a, I've got a few to tick off, haven't I? You know, I'd love to work with Christopher Eccleston uh, and Peter Capaldi. I, I you know, um, crikey, there's there's still a few to add to the list, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I just, I just live in hope that you know maybe one day Narvin can turn up in uh, in the TV series. You know, if 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 only you know just. Just, just for one line, you know, just to be there, you know, in my Time Lord robes. Well, maybe it's time for a Welsh doctor. Maybe it's the doctor. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or an unbound doctor. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I, I always wanted to play the doctor. Of course, I did. You know, I, I sort of, you know, 
in fantasy world had that ambition in my head, you know, until Gary Russell said to me, I think we, we, we were having dinner at a convention once and I shared this with him. He said, you'll never be the doctor. I thought, oh, thanks, Gary. <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> Just crushed. I was absolutely crushed. He knows how to break your heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks for that brutal honesty. <laughs> Listen, Sean, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you for your oh, years of service as Narvin, t- taking a character that, I must admit, I, I hated you at the start, but I was quite fond of you by the end. <laughs> and um, I, I, I must admit, I was rather surprised when I saw how young you were, because in my head, Narvin seemed much older. So yeah. part, part of the voice, I think. Mate, mate, I, straight, I'm, I'm, I am 53 and I'm, and I'm looking at it and feeding it, but there we are. But, <laughs> but, 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 20, but 20 years ago, you weren't. Uh, it's a long time ago, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it was a good run, wasn't it? 18 years was great. <laughs> well, listen, thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate it. I uh, really enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. Thank you to everyone. Hear your Lord President, your Father, as you make this great sacrifice. From Big Finish Productions, Gallifrey Time War, Volume 4. When two mighty armies bend the constellations to become their battlefields, a warrior must decide. We tried to turn back the tide, but failed. Our friends have been taken, one by one. So what is left for us to do? Run? Hide? It does not sit well with a warrior to run. But sometimes, it is the only choice. Or, we can... Resist. But what of the lost, those who fall in battle? Are they condemned to rise time and time again, to take arms against an enemy who never rests? History is written by the winners. In a time war, that history can be rewritten by the losers. No one's truly gone. Until they're gone from memory. Farewell, my friends. Big finish. We love stories. Righto, Philip. Give me your thoughts. First of all, thank you, Sean Carlson, for for that chat. It was fascinating to to be able to chat with him, Philip. What what were your thoughts? Yeah, no, it's it's interesting because you know very much created a whole character out of nothing and so fascinating hearing how it's developed and come from i must i, I must admit he's younger than i thought he was i, I in my head now was always much older so it was interesting you know realizing he was actually very young when he started the whole process off but yeah i'm still hoping for more gallifrey no it's we're being told no at the moment but we'll wait and see what are we still you? being told no i thought i thought we were dropped a little hint well maybe we'll see but we <laughs> Um, not, not through, not through, um, anything that Sean said, but something Nick said on a podcast, I thought. Okay. He said something about he looked over the scripts for the new Gallifrey and it's looking good. Right. That was okay. a few months ago. I missed that. Okay. That's fantastic. It was just a little clip. You got to listen. Got to yeah, keep yeah. your ear to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's finish up with a couple of recommendations of things that we've been listening to. And um, I'd like to actually, no, I can't because it's not my turn. It's yours, Philip. It's my turn. Well, there you go. I'm actually going to recommend Gallifrey. I don't know if you've listened to it recently or not. A lot more has been released um, that you can download. Um, I must admit, my, my passion is the first three seasons. The, f- the first three were just political spy thrillers. Gary was totally in control. Um, I do I do enjoy where it went to, but those first three seasons in particular, as Leela and Romana and the two canines being established, and Narvin is someone that you hate to start off with, and you do you do grow to like him more. But certainly when he first starts off, you, you dislike him. But it was very inventive and very clever. And then when Mary Tam joins as well, um, and also um, Linda Billingham. Um, from the Trial of the Time Lord. Yeah, they, she actually gets a, the Inquisitor gets a name. The Inquisitor in the series. Gets Dark Hell. Yeah, Dark Hell, and th- all that stuff. That that early intrigue stuff, I just adore. So I'm going to recommend uh, Gallifrey, the first three seasons. What about you, Dwayne? I'm going to recommend a podcast this time. It's a podcast from one of our previous guests. His name is 
Dan Hadley, and he's got a podcast called Type 40. And I was just, his podcast drops on YouTube and on the audio feed as well. So I happened to catch this on YouTube the other day. So the video is included in this too. But he did an incredible interview with Paul Joyce. So Paul Joyce was the director of Warriors Gate. And there are some stories about what happened on the set with Paul Joyce. He was sacked and things were, uh, you know, there were sets were condemned and all different types of things happened. And you get it straight from the horse's mouth with this because Warriors Gate, I don't know, what do you, what do, you do you like Warriors Gate as a story? I do now. As a, as a kid when it came out, I didn't like it at all. I couldn't understand it. It made no sense. Yeah. Um, but I, the last time I watched it, the last couple of times I watched it, it's actually grown on me. I actually, it's actually topical. We've lost one of the actors I saw today. Yes, Clifford Rose just, just passed away only in the last week or so. Yeah. A couple of weeks, maybe. Yeah, so, yeah, that was very sad. Uh, he'd been unwell for quite some time. But, yeah, I can hardly recommend Type 40. Uh, links will be in the show notes. Check out the interview with Paul Joyce. It's definitely worth a listen. Or a Excellent. watch. Yeah. All right. That'll do us. That's us for this time. Uh, great episode, or great fun, to do this episode once again, as always, Philip. So um, thanks for that, and we'll catch you next time. G'day, guys. See you soon. G'day, guys. Oh, okay, goodbye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Sirens of Audio, episode 82. From Time Lord Heel to Gallifrey Babyface with our special guest Sean Carlson and your hosts Philip Edney and Dwayne Bunny. Theme music by the Jackpot Golden Boys. Our email address is sirensofaudio at gmail.com Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and your favourite podcast app. Our Facebook and Twitter handles are both at Audio Sirens. Our website is sirensofaudio.com and if you're looking for copies of Doctor Who magazine from the 90s, just head to Sean Carlson's home recording studio. We've heard there's a secret stash there. In the meantime, keep listening to quality audio drama. Because audio drama... Raw!